You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm your host, Connor Livesey, joined by my co-host tonight, Mark Schofield, who is actually boots on the ground in Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine in 2022. Mark, how's Indy treating you so far? Connor, Indy is, is lovely as always. I, I love traveling here because you land, I landed at like 1.15 in the afternoon and I was at the convention center in front of Brian Dable 45 minutes later. Um, it's just an easy transition, get in, get your you know, Uber, come all the way over to the convention center, even checked into the hotel. Uh, been an interesting afternoon. We heard from some coaches and general managers, Brian Dable, uh, Steve Kime, obviously with the Cardinals. Um, we also heard uh, from Chris Ballard with the Indianapolis Colts, who had some interesting comments about uh, quarterback Carson Wentz. So it's been a fascinating afternoon already. We're going to start getting uh, quarterbacks and receivers and some of the skill players in tomorrow, so we'll get a chance to be with them. But already off and running here at Indy. Yeah, it's always the first few days I feel like fans like don't care about because it's a lot of media stuff. It's a lot of coaches, GMs who are talking about stuff related to the teams and like people are like, well, when's the workout starting? That's coming up later in the week. And that's kind of what we're going to spend most of our time talking about today. Um, you know, the, the combine's great because a lot of people I think are ready for the combine to maybe be, you know, changed up and new format and, I still love the combine because I think you do still get a lot out of it. Um, you know, I think you see guys go through the positional workouts and you can tell just from watching them on TV or watching them if you're in Indy live and just see who's the natural athlete, see the ball come. I mean, like same things we talk about the senior bowl, like see the ball come off the quarterback's hands, like, you know, see the, see the velocity that they throw with and see these defensive ends, like see how flexible they are. So I think that that side of it's very important, but I think it's just also – um, very important to, you know, split these guys up to you. And that's what we're going to spend time talking about today. Like you got two guys, tags are touching one test significantly better than the other. We're probably going to go with that, you know, one B guy over one a, if he's that much better of a natural athlete, that much better of a mover. So I wanted to start it with you. I mean, obviously these guys probably aren't going to be in the conversation for Dallas, but you got the three top tackles in Evan Neal, Ike Aquanu, and Charles Cross. Um, obviously, Evan Neal won't be working out, um, but you'll have Charles Cross and Aquanu doing the drills, doing the workouts. Both of those guys are known to be pretty athletic. Do you think that there's a chance this week that we'll see one of those guys really have that much better of a combine than the other and so separate themselves? 
Yeah, it's an interesting Connor question, Connor. And I think Cross has a really big chance here this week because you, you, in, in talking to people here in Indy and sort of reading about him and obviously watching him on film, you can certainly see the way he moves, uh, the way he might test this week. You know, we've seen in recent years, like I remember Tristan Wirfs and, you know, the 40 he ran and the explosiveness he showed and some of the other drills, you know, the, the vertical, the broad. You know, the bench press, obviously, you think offensive line, that's where your mind goes first. And, you know, that's a sort of testing for the test kind of thing. But when you can see a big size offensive lineman prospect, guard, tackle, and they're putting together, you know, a 4-9, a 5 flat in the 40 with a really good 10-yard split, which is really what you want to see from an offensive lineman. because You're not asking them to run go routes or anything like right. that. That's going to make people – that's going to turn some heads. That's going to make people get really excited about what they could do and – you start thinking about scheme fits and for teams that like to use this own run game. And if you can get an offensive lineman flowing and moving with that kind of quickness, they can certainly make an aim for themselves. So in terms of guys that might kind of separate, I think cross has a really good chance this week by testing to put down sort of the marker. And yeah, you know, people are expecting that Aquano is going to do some good stuff as well. We've seen him on film the way he can move, but that's going to really put pressure on Neil by not testing sort of waiting for his pro day. So I think those guys, particularly Cross, might really help themselves this week. And we're here, and look, I mean, it was Jeremiah. Others have had Cross, like, in the mix at, like, six now. He's certainly already made some noise. This could be a huge week for him. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, I'm really interested to see how those top guys work out, but I think looking more at a Cowboys angle, you got those guys like Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, um, two guys who also – seem to be really athletic, seem to be really explosive. Anything there from those two guys you think one will look much better than the other in these workouts and uh, the drills? You know, I, I sort of think, you know, watching Kenyon Green move and watching his hand usage and his explosiveness, I, I think you're going to see some explosiveness and some power from them. I think with Zion's big thing is going to be in the meeting rooms. You know, it's interesting. We heard from Nick Casario, the Texans general manager at the podium today, and he talked about how, you know, the biggest part of this week is just getting information, getting information on players and sort of seeing what their baseline of knowledge coming into the league is going to be. And, you know, I think in an environment like that, when you're sitting across from Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and you're talking and you're Zion Johnson, you're saying, I could play potentially all five offensive line spots. I think that's pretty huge. You know, with Green, he might test really well, but you also might be looking at a situation where – you're looking at two players if they're both on the board when the Cowboys pick, and one guy is showing you that he could potentially play three, four, five offensive right. line spots. That's pretty huge, I think. Right. Yeah. No. No doubt. I think that that's gonna. It's gonna be a huge. I mean, I, I think it's gonna be a big week for both of those guys because I think a lot of you know we've talked about it on the show before, but you know you're 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 betting on that growth from Zion Johnson where you feel like. Green's probably ready to step in, make a big impact. And not to say that Johnson isn't, but you see such a high ceiling with Johnson with his athleticism and, and size and newness to the position that if he can go and put up some freaky numbers, you know, not to say that not to say that you would still pick Johnson over Green, but I think there's a lot of people who 
would be like, uh, Johnson's more of that 32nd, you know, 32 through 38 player in the right. draft. Like if we take him at 24, that, that feels like a reach. But if you test out of the water, then you're kind of like, okay, you know, this dude's a freak athlete. He's, he's got the, the, the anchor. He's got the movement skills. Like, let's go ahead. Um, you know, we can use that 24th pick on him and feel really good about it. Um, so I think that it's, it's a definitely a big week for both of those guys. Uh, we talked about Evan Neal, him not testing another one of the big, uh, guys who won't be testing is Derek Stingley Jr., um, which again, it just kind of add. And again, not, I'm not to say that they expected him to test, but just kind of adds to the, I guess, confusion might be the biggest word or surrounding him with some of the mentality question marks and the health question marks and what's happened over the last couple of year question marks. Like it seems like there's a lot of questions surrounding him and not again, I think people kind of expected him to not work out, but in this instance, you got, you have guys like Sauce Gardner who are, you have guys like Trent McDuffie, uh, Kyler Gordon. Those are, those are three guys right there who are expected to test really well. They, you know, Outside of McDuffie, Kyler Gordon's a big dude um, who's supposed to test out of the water. So you have three other corners at this, you know, and we're not even talking about guys who those are just three names who have the, you know, size athleticism that we that we know the Cowboys kind of like to look at. Um, but how big is it for Stingley not to test? Do you think that that's going to hurt him, you know, especially that they don't know for sure how much he's going to do at his pro day at LSU? Yeah, Connor, I feel like we're getting into some sort of dangerous water here right. um, with, with Stanley because, you know, prior to this week, it was you could tell that he was sliding. A lot of people, when they would make sort of the pro Stanley case, they'd say, look, 2019, that's some of the best cornerback tape you've seen in this class. And while that might be true, that was three seasons ago. And you look at him since then, and maybe it was the injury and things like that, but you know, it, it wasn't quite the same level of play. You'd expect to see him get a little bit better. Yes, there was a talent departure from LSU, but now he's stepping into a situation where you expect him to be that CB1 alpha dog type of corner, and it wasn't always there. You see his game against Alabama two seasons ago, going up against Devonta Smith, and he had his struggles that night. And now we're hearing that he's not tested. He's got a list Frank foot injury, which is a problem for a position like corner where you're moving, you're pushing, you're driving, you're doing so much with the lower body. And if it's not there, it's going to be a problem. So I think we're headed into sort of genuine concern about Derek Stingley. Now, again, if he's healthy and you're getting that guy that you saw on film in 2019, then yes, that, that's a top flight corner. I don't know if teams believe they're going to get that right now. We'll have to see, you know, if he does full bevy of testing at his pro day, what that looks like. We'll have to get word on the medicals and his list frank injury, what that looks like. Well, we might be seeing a legitimate slide here. Now it might be a situation where, if he's available when Dallas is on the clock, I mean, right. who would have thought that that was a possibility a couple months ago? It's creeping he into that. Sliding. You, you, right. you see him in mocks, like slide and slide and slide. I, I don't know if you do that, but it'd be an interesting sort of hypothetical exercise to think, okay, now you're on the clock. Derek Stanley Jr. is staring you in the face where three <laughs> months ago, two months ago, a month ago, you didn't think that was a possibility. I mean, Absolutely. what would you do in that situation? I mean, you obviously have to know who else is there because, I mean, truthfully, like looking at, at my my board, like I like I have Kenyon Green graded above him right now. 
I have right. Tyler Linderbaum graded above him right now. So like, you know, if it's a situation where those guys are still available and I'm just going to take the, that best player, you know, available also at a position of need on the offensive line. But yeah, if you get in that situation where it's like Derek Stingley or, you know, a Zion Johnson, just, you know, something like that, where it's like, okay, I got this guy graded 10, 12 spots ahead of a Zion Johnson, or maybe you're wiped out, you know, at offensive line, you know, line, the Devin Lloyd and the Kobe Dean go, and it's like, all right, am I going to go Derek Stingley or, you know, the third best linebacker, which wouldn't be a smart idea, then yeah, I'm probably then deeply considering going Stingley. So it's, it, it is, it is something that I feel like we need to start discussing more, you know, and I, I know you're not somebody who sits around and covers the Cowboys all, all week, but that might be something that, that us of Cowboys Twitter and Cowboys media need to sit down and discuss because it, again, two months ago, it was, top 10 no matter what and now you're starting to get into that area of where it's creeping into the discussion that it's not out of the realm of possibility yeah and i'm wanna... trying to pull up because i know daniel jeremiah when i dropped it he's updated like you know top 50 2.0 and sauce was up there at four our guy who we love and we're both very excited about him and you got trent mcduffie at 12 i mean you have Derek stinley at 15 and he's already dropping them you know, that's another drop of three spots. What's interesting is you see the Purdue edge, George Kalfatis. He's starting to drop too. And, you know, now he's approaching, say, the late teens, early 20s. Obviously, we're going to get a lot more of a feel of these players, you know, when you see a guy like the Purdue edge test this week. But Stanley does seem to be dropping, and he's getting to sort of that range where you're thinking as a Cowboys fan, you might have to start thinking about this. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, and I mean, again, there's a few other corners that I'm really interested to see work out. Um, Elam out of Florida is a guy who I like his tape, but I think there's a lot of questions regarding his just natural ability to run. Right. Um, you know, how fast is he? And you get in that situation with the Fortis Tabor. I remember came out of Florida a couple of years ago and I liked his tape a lot too, but he couldn't run and it ended up being a issue for him in the league. So again, if, if, you got a guy like Elam who on tape, I think, you know, a borderline first round guy and he goes and runs a four, six, five or a four, seven. Then you're like, goodness, I'm going through the same thing I went through with, with Tabor just a few years ago coming out of the same school. So that's, that's a guy I'm, I've got close eyes on. Is there anyone else in the secondary that you're watching and really either excited to see how good they test or worried about how bad they could potentially test? You know, I know there's a lot of questions right now, Connor, about McDuffie. I mean, there's right. a lot of thoughts of like, yeah, he's moving up boards right now. Like we just said, we've got him at, you know, 12th overall on Jeremiah's board, um, but he's undersized. You want to see if that quickness that we see on film, like, translates. I mean, right. I, I'm very much a trust-the-tape person, but if he goes out there and, you know, the three-cone and the change of direction stuff is a little bit slower, now you're talking about, well, you go back to the film, you look at it, and was it a – level of competition then with him or is he a little bit slower now you're talking about an undersized corner but he's somebody that i really liked on film he's somebody right. that i think can press can play press bail uh can move extremely well so i'm not worried about it i see him you know close and drive on shallows and crossers i don't think there's going to be a concern there but i am curious you know just to see what the numbers are and also in the secondary i mean another guy that i'm kind of curious to see how he moves is andrew booth you know, right. he was another guy that people had maybe a CB1. Jeremiah's got him at 31 overall. I think he's really quick. I think he might have some schematic limitations because, you know, Clemson sort of used him as like an off-ball corner a lot. And he, he's pretty good at coming downhill but didn't miss some tackles. 
Um, so I want to see like movement and change of direction tests on him. Um, Cause he's somebody that I thought was surefire first rounder, but now it seems like he's slipping. So those are some secondary guys I want to see test. What about you? Um, just, and not because I'm like, you know, super in love with his tape, but I just want to see Tariq Woolen work out. I mean, it's six, you yes. know, six, three, almost six, four, like just a monster of a man doesn't show a ton of athletic limitations on tape and they're expecting him to run like possibly in the high four twos. Like that's going to just yep. be one of those freak show things to see. Um, and then a guy that I love and I, I mean, I, he's explosive on tape. He looks athletic on tape, but Jalen Petrie, he's to me yep. like on tape, he looks a little undersized. Um, and again, like it's, it's just cause he does so many different things for Baylor where he plays in the box. He plays in the nickel. He plays, single like he moves around so much that half the time when he's around the line of scrimmage like I think he might be small but he's just playing around a bunch of dudes who are six foot three 245 pounds so I'm interested to see what he works out what he weighs in at what he what he you know what he uh I know he went to the senior bowl and already has his measurements and all that but I'm just interested to see how he tests because he looks explosive on tape to me he's a guy that I really like um probably a lot more than a lot of people um, so I'm interested to see how athletic he is on tape. And then Kirby Joseph is kind of my Cowboys guy that I've got circled just because he's a long, uh, safety who has some versatility to his game. Um, he kind of would, would be a J, uh, J Ron curse replacement. I think that if J Ron curse does sign a deal in free agency, Kirby Joseph is kind of the guy who fits that prototype, the tall, long physical um, safety that can kind of do multiple things. So he's kind of the guy I got circled for uh, my Cowboys lenses. Um, but those are three guys that, like I said, from that DB group, which we, you know, I, eventually I want to talk about this. Like, I feel like DB is a position that, especially cornerback that we're kind of ignoring for the Cowboys because they, you know, they have a pretty loaded room, but it's getting us a, a spot. I think where you're going to start talking about those guys, you know, Trent McDuffie, uh, we just talked about Derek Stingley possibly falling to you, you know, in that second round, we'll see where Kyler Gordon ends up. You know, if you, if you have a guy that's, you know, blinking at you in one of these first, you know, two picks, you might have to use, you don't have the talent at the cornerback position where you can just totally ignore it. I don't think so. I think we do need to start mentioning some of these guys in that top 50, 60, 75 range a little bit more. Well, I was actually going to ask you about Tariq Woolen because He's somebody that I just got done watching last week, and I have the strangest comp for him. It's a Mark Gardner light. Like, I feel right. like he's like, you know, a poor man's Gardner right now, where he obviously doesn't have the experience, was recruited as a wide receiver, but very long. I right. think moves really well. You know, he's prone to making some mistakes. I think there are times when he has length, but he doesn't, he thinks he can get away with things and he'll undercut routes or jump routes, thinking that right. that length's going to bail him out. And it doesn't quite do that. But I think if you like Sauce and you and I both like him, but Woolen staring you at the board in the second round and the third round, I think that's a nice little flyer of a pick because he's somebody that could grow into a great corner, just doesn't Absolutely. have the experience and the, the, the reps yet to be that guy right now. Absolutely. And I think the, you know, again, we spent some time on these corners and a few safeties, but the the next group that I'm really interested in seeing, which I just think it has so much talent and so much athleticism in it is a linebacker group. Um, yeah. Again, like Troy Anderson out of Montana State, I think can make himself a ton of money. 
uh, this week. Like he's going to test really well. Obviously, seeing Nicobe Dean, we know he's explosive. Um, and again, like I hate the way they lump some of these edge rushers in with the linebackers because you got guys like Jermaine Johnson who's supposed to test really well, even though he's testing with some of these smaller, you know, inside, you know, what we call linebackers. But Devin Lloyd, Jermaine Johnson, Nicobe Dean, Christian Harris, um, Brandon Smith is going to test extremely well, even though I don't love his tape. Um, and then the other Georgia guys, Channing Tindall and Quay Walker, I think are going to be pretty exciting. Is there anyone else in that linebacker room um, that's going to be in Indy this week that you're really chomping at the bit to see? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I am curious to see Harris. I mean, you know, I, I think he's somebody that people might look at and think immediately like, oh, he's more of a, a two down type guy. But, right. you know, Alabama did use him in coverage at times against sometimes even slot receivers. Um, had a couple of big plays in the past game. Very good blitzer. Um, and, and so I'm curious to see what his explosive numbers look like. I think as you sort of get deeper into the draft class and deeper sort of into the linebacker room. I mean, there are some names that sort of jump out as well. A guy that I'm really curious about seeing, only watched him sort of a little bit, you know, is uh, Chenal, the Wisconsin guy, right. who's supposed to, you know, put up really big. I mean, people are talking about doing bench press workouts uh, just to get on board with him because he's going to put up some big reps there, people expect. So I'm very curious to see what he looks like, how he tests. So it's going to be interesting, this linebacker group. Quay Walker, of course, is another name you mentioned there, Connor, that is going to be sort of intriguing. But, you know, those are some of the names that stick out to me. What about you? Uh, the other one I didn't mention, which I know I, I took some of the big ones, but uh, Boye Mafe out of Minnesota. Um, yeah. That line. I mean, again, I think he's a he's an edge, but I mean, he's six foot five, two hundred and fifty, two hundred sixty pounds, and is going to test extremely well. Um, and I think he's a guy that he's one of those guys like Jason. O, I know he changed his first name but Jason Oway last year who like right yeah wasn't really a first round player but then he tested and people are like we're gonna bet on those you know we talked about it a couple weeks ago Dalton Miller put out a tweet where you're like some of these edge rushers and I think he was talking about more about um was it Ojabo yeah yeah Ojabo um Ojabo out of Michigan but um Boye Mafe is going to be a guy that I think after the combine people were like holy crap like you know, he's got the size. He might not have the length, but he's got these elite athletic traits. And rushing the passer a lot of times is based on how athletic are you, how explosive are you, how tight and flexible are you. And I think he's going to do extremely well in that area um, and could really make himself some money this week. Obviously, the, you know, defense alignment, um, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, those types of guys are going to blow up the combine. We've talked about those guys a lot. And Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, is there anybody else in that edge rusher defensive line group that you're excited to watch? I mean, honestly, Connor, I want to see Thibodeau. I mean, because yeah. it, it's similar to Stanley. We're getting that slide. We're getting the questions about effort. You know, Jeremiah had his pre-draft, pre-combine, like conference con, he talked about the effort isn't always there on the backside. And I want to see him have a bad out kind of combine where it's like, all right, well, he also ran a 4-4 and, you know, at an 11-foot broad jump and a 42-inch vertical, and you can't really ignore those kinds of numbers. Now, I'm not saying he'll put those up, but if he does, it's really going to stop the side. If not, I mean, going back to, you know, and one of my favorite exercises are the way-too-early mock drafts, which mean <laughs> next to nothing, but last summer, doing a mock draft was easy. You had Thibodeau, you had Hamilton, and you had Stanley in some order, one, two, three. Like, those were the guys, and perhaps Neil in there. 
And now two of them, Thibodeau and Stanley, seem to be falling maybe out of the top five, maybe out of the top 10, maybe out of the top 15. And so I really want to see what Thibodeau tests like. I mean, if he puts up big numbers and stops the slide, if he does it, then maybe the slide sticks. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because first started like draft season, I was not excited about this class at all. Like I was like, this class kind of sucks, honestly. Like there's no yeah. one in here that like really like outside of your big guys, there's no one who just like excites me. And then I'm going through like getting ready for the combine. I start watching more tape and then I'm like, okay, I like this class again, you know, cause you're going through these deep, like Trayvon Walker's six foot six, 275 pounds. And he's supposed to run up four, five, you know, like seeing him work out and seeing, I mean, again, he's another guy who's huge. He's massive. He's your base four, three defensive end, but they dropped him in coverage in Georgia. Like he's a freak athlete for his size. Yeah. I mean, it, you might not view him that way because he didn't sack, you know, he didn't have 12 sacks or whatever it was. But I mean, he wasn't asked to really rush the passer that way um, at Georgia. So I'm interested to see what he tests like. Uh, Sam Williams out of Ole Miss is a guy who's been getting a lot of praise. Um, I know he's got some things off the field that are kind of holding his name back. But I think he's supposed to test extremely well. Jordan Davis is expected to run sub five 40 yard dashes and test really well, um, which that'll give a lot of teams like the Cowboys who might not love that, you know, two down player. If he tests like a freak athlete, you know, you see the potential that he could develop into being more of a pocket pusher, you know, do some things as a pass rusher. But you mentioned a guy earlier and I want to get your thoughts on it. George Karloftis out of Purdue. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, 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 the concerns of his testing are starting to kind of leak out more and more. Do you think it's going to be that bad to where you start seeing him fall, fall pretty far? I, I get the sense, Connor, it is. I mean, there's a lot of people that have talked about how he's a bit stiffer, like right. he's more power versus speed and flexibility. And, you know, Power is great in the Big Ten on Saturdays, but now you're going up against guys that have been playing for NFL Sundays for a while. Like, power might work against, you know, some of the guys, you know, the Ohio State tackles that were, you know, not that great this year. It's not going to work against Trent Williams on a Sunday. Like, it's not going to work right. against some of the NFL left and right tackles you're going to see. And so, you know, does he have the ability to add to his repertoire? Does he have an ability to maybe show a little bit more speed and flexibility off the edge? Or is he just sort of a, sort of a stiff, powerful guy that, is good for the S for the Saturday game, but not the Sunday game. So I, I think his test is going to be big. Can he corner? Can he turn? Can he change directions? If not, the dip we're seeing, the slide we're seeing from him might also be. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I wanted to finish with these wide receivers since Stephen Jones had pretty much cut Amari Cooper to the media or traded him or whatever, but pretty much openly admitted that Amari Cooper probably wasn't going to be around in 2022. So this wide receiver position continues to become more and more important. I think the deeper we get into this off season, there's a lot of talented guys in this draft might not have your Jamar Chase or your Devonte Smith that you had last year, but still a lot of guys who could be staring you in the face at 24 and make you take a hard look at them. Um, few of the you know big ones big name guys who are kind of questionable on their workouts is Garrett Wilson you're expecting him to test above or below expectations <laughs> I'm holding out hope he tests above expectations I've seen people saying four fives for him maybe four five two or something right. like that I I think he showed a little bit more speed on film um, See, I, I think he think, did you know, too like people were kind of like he's not that athletic and I'm like I don't agree. Not, I'm not saying he's like some freak, you know, he's not Tyree kill. He's not that, right. but like he's explosive. And like, 
He's quick. He's shifty. He might not run a four four, but I don't need you to run a four four if you show that explosive and athleticism throughout your route trees and all that. Yeah, I mean, if he throws, if he throws up like a four four eight, like gets like right. sub four five, like high four fours, but then shows you some explosiveness, some quickness, some a good ten yard split, like the explosiveness stuff. Because let's remember, a lot of pass routes they're not just forty yard goats. Like, right. can you win early? Can you win early on a slant or an in or? you know, a dig or somewhere in that 10 to 15 yard range where the short area quickness and change of direction skills matter. So, you know, if he runs high four, 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 eight, four, four, nine, but has a really good three cone, I don't, I don't think that does anything but help him. I think that shows that like, yeah, for what an NFL team is going to need him to do, he'll be able to, he'll, he'll be able to do that. He'll give you that. You know, if you just want a guy that can run nines and go routes, like, yeah, there might be a better option in this class, but that's a, fraction of the playbook for an NFL offense yeah and again like the other thing is is if you can you know even if you do run a 4-3 that doesn't mean you're going to create separate I mean again like we've seen guys who tested ran fast 40s who didn't make it in the league and a lot of people just correlate okay he ran fast so we can run him in a straight line and he'll get open but if that's all you can do DBs can defend that in the NFL yeah and we just got got done talking about Tariq Woolen who we're expected to run maybe four twos is what we're hearing if right. a guy's running the straight line four three four four, NFL corners can run with that. And but he's if got you're thirty five inch arms coming out of the yeah, line, <laughs> I mean, if you're running a little bit slower, but you've got better breaks, you're quicker in and out of them, you can change direction faster. Some NFL corners can't match that. That's the stuff that's more valuable, I think. Yeah, I mentioned Trayvon Walker in the defensive line group. Traylon Burks is that guy for me for the wide receivers because yeah. he's going to look like an edge rusher, but you know. I think a lot of people are expecting him to run four fours, um, which is nuts at six foot three, 230 yeah. pounds, probably. I think that's probably what will come come in close to. And again, like Cowboys fans are, are they've kind of gotten off the big body wide receiver after Des Bryant's career ended kind of sour. But I mean, again, you're getting a spot where Traylon Bricks is there at 24 and some of your offensive line options aren't there. And maybe you don't love some of the defensive linemen. Like if Mari's gone, Traylon Burks would be a lot of fun in that offense with CeeDee Lamb and and whoever else they decide to add to that group. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, he's somebody that might not have, say, the route rutted or varied route tree that some of the other guys in this class are going to give you, including Garrett Wilson. But you can give him a package of stuff. You can give him some overs, some drags, some verticals, you know, stuff off the vertical stem. And he's going to be very good on those plays. And, you know, he will have the ability to get some separation downfield. And so – a guy with that size, that sort of catch radius, you know, he has plays where he's got 10 yards worth of cushion that he's working against, but he puts up the arm before he even gets there because he knows he's going to get past that guy. That's stuff you can't teach. And so if some of the other options are at the board or other, on other positions and you need to find a way to replace, you know, Amari Cooper, wide receiver, that could kind of work. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, last guy I want to close with, and then we'll see if, if you got anybody else you want to mention, but uh, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan is kind of oh, that yeah. second, third round receiver that I think would be a great fit for Dallas because, I mean, again, like I think a lot of people were questioning his overall athleticism and smaller guy, but I mean, the NFL nowadays, you don't have to be, you know, a few years ago, you had to be 6'2", 6'3", or, or Kenny Galladay, or Des Bryant, you know, those type of guys, but you're seeing more and more of those smaller shiftier receivers um really make a make a name for themselves in the nfl and sky Moore out of western michigan is a guy who i think's kind of being predicted to run in the four fours and i love his tape i mean again he's he's a smaller dude but he tests 
I think if he tests really well, you're going to start hearing his name crop up in that top 50 mix, which doesn't bode well for Dallas drafting him in the second or third round. But I think I'd love to see his uh, name be talked about more in that discussion in that top five, six, seven wide receiver class. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think what's interesting about him, which is going to be fascinating to see how teams sort of view him. Do they view him as a, you know, purely a slot option? Right. Or do they look at him as somebody that's more like a, you know, and the, the complex flying around a lot is Julian Edelman. And you can right. see it more as somebody that like, yeah, you know, probably he's best used in the slot, but you can put him at the Z. You can move him around a little bit because his release package against press coverage is pretty good yeah. uh, for a smaller guy. Like it's obviously a lot of foot fire, foot quickness, but he's got a really good hand shop to beat press jams and things like that. And so he's somebody that look, he, he's talking to the media tomorrow and I'm certainly going to be front and center for that one because I think, you start thinking around, you know, day two receivers. I think he's somebody that while the NFL might view him as a slot, I don't think he's a pure slot. Like there are other guys like, you know, Shakir, the, the Boise State guy who's probably, yeah, he's probably a slot at the, only at the next level. I think Sky Moore has the ability to give you at least something on the outside. He doesn't always need that two-way go. And so I think he's somebody that if he tests really well, like we're expecting him to, he can give you some stuff on special teams as well because he's, you know, done some stuff in the return game. He could be a, a great day two kind of pick. Now, you know, if the league doesn't view him like we do and sort of thinks, no, he's just purely a slot, he's probably a day three guy. But I think from what I've seen on film, he's a guy that can play on the outside as well. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's close it out. Is there anybody that you want to stand on the table for before this combine kicks off? Is hey, this guy, you know, either he might not test well, but he can still play, or hey, you're not talking about him enough. What he's going to do at the combine this week? Yeah, I mean, honestly, look, I, I, dependent on, you know, Dalton Schultz and how that sort of ends up, this is a very interesting sort of tight end class. It's very much a day two kind of group. But I think Trey McBride, Jeremy Ruckert, even Jalen Weinreiner, the, the Texas A&M kid who has interestingly been sort of sliding a little bit, but I went back and rewatched him. I was kind of impressed with him. You know, Kate Auden, um, Jelani Woods, the Virginia guy who was at Shrine Bowl. I think if he tests well, he's somebody that, you know, it's interesting when you start seeing podium assignments for, you know, the combine and you're like, oh, this guy was a, a shrine game guy. Now he's getting a, a, a featured podium that tells you where the NFL is going. And that's the case right. with Jelani Woods. I mean, he's got a featured podium right next to Jake Ferguson and Dulcich as well, who, you know, Jeremiah had as his T1. So I think this tight end group is interesting, particularly, Connor, as you start thinking about what are they going to do with Dalton Schultz? How are they going to look at this position? Is Schultz going to get a big deal and make it really tough to resign him? So you might start thinking about this, this sort of day two range of tight ends, and there are going to be some good options in that, in that mix. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the guy I want to close with, and just because I, I do I do like him on tape, I do think he's kind of not been talked about as much uh, as my Jay Sanders out of Cincinnati. Um, and yeah. I'm not sure how he's going to test. He might not test well, but I just – I continue to go back as I'm watching other guys – um, on the Cincinnati defense. I've gotten into a few of their linebackers, through their DBs. And I just I, – I come away impressed with him every time I watch him. And, again, like it's not like he's, you know, he's Aiden Hutchinson by any means. But I think he's right. a guy that's going to go late day two. And I think he's a guy that will play in the NFL for 15 years. And anytime you can get a guy like that on late day two, you, you, you had a successful day two pick. So 
Um, I'm interested to see how he tests because, I mean, there's times last year where a lot of people thought he was going to come out and he was being talked about, you know, as a top 50 pick last year before he decided to go back to Cincinnati. Um, and he had a decent year at Cincinnati. I just think this edge class is so loaded that he's just, he's fallen down that list to where he was last year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's really well said, Connor. I'd like you on, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that goes for him this week and how, you know, what happens from here on out with him. Yep. Well, cool, man. Have a good time in Indy. Um, you'll see. Uh, you'll see all these guys we talked about this week. I know you got a lot of things to do, a lot of a lot of work to be done. So we'll uh, we'll be following along on on Twitter. All the all the all the breaking news coming out from Mark Schofield, and we'll be back next week to probably recap some of this and move on deeper into the NFL draft and get us ready for draft, which is just shoot, we're in March now, so it's just a little over than a month away. So it'll be here before you know it. Yeah, it's getting here faster and faster, man. A great time of year. Yeah, man. Marks, thanks so much. Uh, have fun in Indy. Be safe. And we'll see you guys next week. This is Talk of the Draft.